Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 17th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, this has been a pretty busy week of news. Uh, we got some number of dates here. CD Projekt Red decided to apologize again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some delays, uh, some new stuff here, some updates for games, doing some cool stuff. And uh, a longtime publisher of a certain brand's games kind of returning, in a sense, uh, and announcing some new partnerships that maybe came out of uh, unexpected places. But uh, then we have an old friend that has uh, come back and Mm -hmm. uh, decided to go off again, like we have seen him in past times. Yep. So before we get to that stuff, uh, we'll talk about what we've been playing. For me, it's not been too much. I've been just busy with work, but uh, still been playing Rocket League. Enjoying that mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, dipped in for some Fortnite. Uh, having some fun there. And uh, had a fun time. I think I won one of the matches where I essentially did nothing. Uh, the guy was on top of this big structure, and I managed to hide and they tried to get off the structure and kill themselves in the process, <laughs> which is a fun way to win. Be like, Oh, I see them. Oh, watch them drop down. I didn't, I assumed it wouldn't do anything major, but must've been enough to finish them off. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, still continuing to play some Yakuza like a dragon. Uh, not too much since, uh, Friday, but, uh, Enjoying some of the side stuff that's in that game that is just really bizarre, uh, like mm-hmm. the man baby que- the quest line there. Oh yeah, uh, which is hilarious because I didn't recognize that I was jumping into it until uh, right before it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty fun. Uh, there's a whole thing with the catching the public urination dude mm-hmm. uh, and having the dude once I caught him. Uh, Peeing into the air enough to create like a rainbow. <laughs> a rainbow. Of course. Which is just fun. That's very Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of absurd stuff, and they definitely mm-hmm. lean into that heavily here. Uh, I do have a major thing coming up here that I'm looking forward to uh, once I get some time to jump back into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, been having fun there, and uh, also got a. With my uh, stimulus check, I used to get a PS5 external uh, SSD. Mm-hmm. It's a two terabyte Samsung. Mm. I think it's a T7. Yeah, T7. Two terabytes is like two ninety nine. Mm. Uh, very expensive, but I had this extra money that I could spend on it, mm. and it's been really good so far. Mm. Uh, I moved my PS4 stuff over to that, which was pretty fast, mm. which should be for an SSD that costs 300 bucks. Uh, mm. Been downloading some stuff, so now, now that I don't have all that stuff on the, the main hard drive, I can put some more PS5 games on there and uh, start downloading some PS4 stuff mm. as well. So kind of having the benefits of having like more room to do things with it. So mm-hmm. uh that's pretty nice. Only real issue is just uh, trying to figure out what I want to have on the system. 
uh, right now, but uh, trying to get uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake so I can play some more of that, Crash Bandicoot 4, and uh, a couple other things like that. Maybe Gran Turismo Sport if I can get the room for that. Uh, but that's been working out pretty well, and uh, that's pretty much it for me. I did get uh, Hitman 3 pre-ordered, so I should be able to play that here in a few more days. Mm. Uh, but that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Yeah, uh, as for me, I'm playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I'm on the kind of on the last end of that game um, before you know I actually get to play that the future connection epilogue. Um, but yeah, we're fixing to go inside the Bionis, and you know, I if from what I remember um, when I played, you know, from years ago when I played the game originally on the Wii. Um, shit starts to get really weird about this point in the game. And, um, just, uh, again, I will say it again. If you are looking to play Xenoblade Chronicles, find out what all the fuss is about. This is the version that you're going to want to play. Um, it's all the, most of the issues that the original release had, they can't, they went back and fixed them. Um, and especially when you get to this part of the game, you're going to want that because stuff starts to get really strange very quick. And, well, it, 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 it gets just plain bizarre at this point. But um, other than that, I've also been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a... Well, I mean, every, it, it, you know, it, it made my uh, top ten you know, less for last year, uh, for good reason. This game basically took the whole sort of expectation of what a remake is supposed to be and completely turned it on its head. It, uh, it takes the game and it just, it turns it into, it's, what I love about it is, almost from the very beginning, after you've done the the reactor bombing run, shit immediately starts to get weird. Uh, fucking Sephiroth shows up far earlier than he's supposed to. You start seeing all these weird, like, gray wraith-like creatures flying around and messing with both you and with Aerith. And apparently at this point, only you, only Cloud and Aerith can see them. Which is especially strange. And like it's it's a it just the 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 balls that these guys had on them to take a game that is this beloved and turn around and actively try to deconstruct it is amazing. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I am just about finished on my Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven review. Uh, hope to have that online. Uh, hopefully by Wednesday. Um, but, uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. So Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah. Um, honestly, not a whole lot. Um, I actually tweeted the other day and I said, um, if you, if you're enjoying, like not spending too much time playing, like everything, then take the time to enjoy it because after January 26, shit goes crazy. Like yep. I'm looking at my own, my own calendar right now. We have Atelier Ryza 2 on January 26. We have East Night on, the, on February 2nd. Mario yep. 3D World on February 12th, Persona 5 Strikers on the, on the 20th, and then Bravely Default 2 on the 26th. And then out of what I've mentioned, like three of these are JRPGs, 
and you know the other and one of them is, is a muso so yeah. that's going to be a lot Near of Re- gaming near replica comes out i think uh i think april yeah but I, i'm just talking between now and march yeah and like the, the, those are already five sizable games I already got a code for one of them, so um, my my break is already over. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. In addition to that, I've been I've been playing some Animal Crossing. Nothing new there. Again, Madden. Um, I, I spent a little bit more time with the Monster Hunter Rise demo. I got through the through the beginner's quest. It was easy. Um, nothing uh, nothing crazy there. It's really cool to be able to use all the weapons and uh, you know try them out. Um, I I took the time to play it on TV though, or or, or, or in docked mode. And yeah, um, compared to Monster Hunter World, it really does suffer visually. Um, I would probably just move it back to handheld just so it doesn't look that bad. Um, but I mean, it doesn't look bad. But you know, um, compared to all the other HD gaming we've been doing, it it, it just it just doesn't look that great. Um, but I didn't I didn't see any or I didn't notice any any slowdown, so that's great. I haven't tried any of the other tutorials yet, but I mean. I'm an intermediate player. I don't think I'll need that much uh, for it. So I look forward to its release in a couple months. And then the surprising one on my list here is Splatoon 2. Um, the main reason why I jumped back into Splatoon is because um, Nintendo um, added another uh, collectible pin set to their My Nintendo Rewards thing. And it requires you to do all these online-based um, Mario internet missions. It's kind of like the old days of, Nicktoon, of Nickelodeon.com where you have to look, for, look around for stickers to get stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's cooler because it's Nintendo. And this time around, like, the main thing, though, is that it requires it requires you to buy Mario 3D World, but I already have that reserved, so that, that'll be no problem. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so Splatoon 2 is um, as fun as uh, as I remember it being. Um, I was able to just jump online and uh, take part in the Splatfest. This time it's uh, Power Stars versus uh, Mega Mushrooms. And uh, I'm I'm on the red team, so it's red versus yellow. And, yeah, it's still a whole lot of fun. Um, obviously I'm not as good as what, what I was like, you know, four years ago, but it's, it's still an enjoyable game. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad I actually hopped back into it. Um, yeah. it's really cool. Like walking around Inkopolis and seeing all of those, um, like custom art that people are doing. Like I forgot how artistic this community is and it's just really yeah. uh, fascinating walking around that. But yeah. Yeah. I it. actually, I decided to sort of give that series a second try, um, mm-hmm. fairly recently because somebody, tuned in and he's like look dude you don't know it but there's actually a lot of world building going on underneath the surface of that game and i was like oh, yeah it's, especially was, with the second one because the second one actually had a, a legit campaign mode so mm-hmm. um yeah there, there's a whole lot of lore there and like this the storytelling really isn't bad and then the the actual missions you do um were kind of like a third person shooter platformer kind of things and like the level design was great so yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're probably working on a third one now, but it's it's really tickling um, everything it could, it could with both single player and multiplayer. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Anybody who thinks it's just some silly little kid shooter, it's not. <laughs> I mean, well, it kind of yeah. is on the surface, but there's a lot more going on underneath. So. Yeah. What's mm. what's that game that um, Overwatch copied from uh, from Valve? I keep forgetting what it's called. Uh, Project Fortress uh, or whatever it's called. Shit. Uh, Team Fortress. Team Fortress. Team Fortress 2. Yeah, yeah, so there's this mod that pretty much changes the game to Splatoon, and I'm like, you only do that when it's good. And mm. yeah, that pretty much proves that Splatoon belongs. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So yeah, let's get to the news here, and it would not be uh, 
a new week without CD Projekt Red doing something. Yeah. Uh, and they put out this uh, weird little video of uh, their co-founder, Marcin Iwinski, mm-hmm. uh, apologizing for the state that Cyberpunk 2077 launched in, yeah. uh, at least before the consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not uh, very apologetic about the PC version or anything. Seems to say that was basically how they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. That was going to be a great version. But kind of talked a bit about uh, how the console release kind of got away from them, which is probably uh, a bit light for what the, happened there. But yeah, uh, as he says there, every extra day that we worked on the Day Zero update brought visible improvements to the console version. That's why we started sending console review keys on the uh, December 8th, uh, which is later than we had originally planned. Uh, the Kotaka right here, uh, writer here mentions that they didn't get one until the 9th, mm-hmm. uh, which is the same day that it was uh, released in the, some re- uh, regions over on the other side of the con- on the world. Uh, and yeah, kind of trying to downplay a lot of stuff in this video uh, for as much as it tries to be uh, contrite and apologetic for their mistakes. Yeah, yeah uh, because, well, keep in mind, he's kind of trying to He's kind of trying to do a mea culpa for you know the the for corporate and yeah. the problem is is that corporate was the problem in this yeah. day. He talked about like don't blame the the developers. It's like it's management's fault. It's like yeah, nobody yeah was mad nobody's at blaming the developers. We know you know the developers were the people warning you this whole time that this thing wasn't finished. You know, yeah. we understand it's not their fault. It's yours. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, we made it even more difficult for ourselves by first wanting to make the game look epic on PCs and then adjusting it to consoles, especially old gens. That was our core assumption, and things did not look super difficult at first. While we knew the hardware gap, ultimately, time has proven that we've under- underestimated the task. I was like, yeah, that's kind of underestimating it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, should have built it more with that stuff in mind to make it a lot easier on themselves. He talked about like having mm-hmm. big open, like it being an open world, but not really like uh, The Witcher, where it's kind of lots of uh, space in between the the important stuff. Yeah, where it's just one big city, mm-hmm. uh, very kind of vertically oriented, mm-hmm. versus like a hor- horizontal style. Yeah. Of open world game, so uh, apparently they, there have been reports that have been coming out, and I'm not sure how much I actually trust them, but they claim that actual like meat and potatoes development for this game didn't actually start until 2016, which yeah. I'm not entirely sure if I believe that or not. But yeah, I can see it because it's it's I mean, the, it was, the sort of project where you probably spend a lot of time building up your staff, figuring out. The tech yeah, you want and kind so. of doing a lot of pre-production on what you want because it, yeah, the game itself kind of feels like there maybe some grander plans for certain systems and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, there that, definitely are. Like there, I definitely noticed there are a lot of places that I think during development they were supposed to be like places you could actually go into, but the doors are all locked, even though you know there's a neon sign that says "open" out on front of it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, on on the game dev side, like I totally understand, like 
conceptualization taking you know years and years to do but the reality of the situation is like we knew about the existence of this game months after uh the original version of uh, witcher 3 came out so i mean as far as like starting yeah. really late it's hard to really uh empathize there um i mean like yeah you, uh, he mentions that yeah don't fault the developers um at the same time you know there are a lot of like shitty gamers out there who are going to at them anyway so it's really hard to like you know um yeah like apologize on, on on behalf of that standpoint but on the on the other hand um on the other day uh jason schreier over at bloomberg um rep- did one of his little mini exposés um and like yeah it's the whole thing about the the crunch issue where you know people definitely did take that into heart but at the same time felt bad because like you know the guy next to them would be working longer hours as a, to pick up his slack and things like that and that's just the nature of the industry mm-hmm. and it's hard to really yeah understand or know um how to really get rid of all that without these kinds of delays happening but like the main thing for me and why it's hard for me to really take this apology seriously is the fact that you know we saw it with no man's sky we saw it with the fallout 76 like out of every developer this could happen to this was not supposed to happen to cd project red so i mean yeah uh it would be nice to like you know be a fly on the wall to see like what really happened but you know, at the end of the day, like it's like what you said, Brandon. Like none of the developers um, ever said that the game would be ready, and you know, it's it's really rough considering like all of the marketing they've shown was for the PC version, knowing mm-hmm. that the consoles were that were uh, were that much inferior. I mean, like um, as press, you know, I've, I've even gone to like you know at E3 they they they'd show what was the PC version, but at the same time, they were using PS4 controllers. So, like, it's, mm. it's, it's all really just, just just demeaning stuff. And at this point, yeah, um, the, the the timeline is great, but, you know, they've already made the money, even after the returns, because I'm, I'm pretty sure the return period's over by now. Um, yeah. I just want to see them right the ship, and the, the main way to do that is just, you know, come out with your releases, don't even say anything. We're, the, the damage is yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the record, I know that... Um... And he he says so in the video. The next uh, hotfix, uh, uh, version one point oh seven, is supposed to come out. Then let's see that. When did that video come out? I think it was earlier this week. Earlier this day. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be within ten days of that. So probably so the end of this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said, uh, yeah, the their first uh, major patch for the year is in the next 10 days, which should be later this week. Well, yeah. second larger patch is due in the week af- weeks after. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fixes, these fixes will delay the game's first set of free DLC, which would now come sometime later in the year. And the game's next-gen upgrade for PS5 and Xbox Series X has also been pushed back from the first half of 2021 into the second half of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, again... Reasonable for the amount of work they're trying to do, but also very much shows like their uh, maybe issues with their priorities in getting yeah, things out. Yeah, I think I would not be surprised if uh, when they actually have their next big like shareholders meeting, if the board of directors doesn't end up facing a vote of no confidence because this is a failure on so many levels and. You know, it's not it's not making their you know their their stock price hasn't been looking too good since this game was published. So yeah, because I want to say it's still not out on the PlayStation Store. 
No, it's still yeah, not one. available on PSN. No. So Sony still has no confidence in putting it back up just yet. Mm-mm. Uh, so that would definitely tank the the stock price a bit. Mm-hmm. To not have like you know one of the major pro- uh, platforms. But in in the end, they still sold you know 13 million copies. They have yeah financially zero reason to care. But obviously, mm-hmm. PR wise, they want to ensure that they can you know still talk to their fans without this huge mm-hmm. black mark on their record. Yeah, which I assume by the point they get these new the the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions out, it should be in a much better state. Mm-hmm. But also, that's seems that's going to be quite a ways away. Yeah, here it's like a. I mean, I late summer. I, have, summer I have a lot. Yeah, I mean, I have confidence that CD Projekt Red can actually fix it. Um, yeah. Because they've shown in the past how capable of a developer they are. But yeah, they kind of they kind of pissed away a bunch of their goodwill because of this. So yeah. I mean, there, there, there's no doubt in my mind that CD Projekt Red can definitely fix it, but like at this point, it's it's the actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's the issue of the games out, and we, you know, you're telling people like, oh, don't play it to wait for these updates, mm-hmm. uh, more information on what not is going on, you know. Uh, well, there's mm-hmm. people that have already beaten it. It's not exactly like it's a, a short game to get through. No. And so it's like, it's a lot to ask for people like, oh, come back and see how it is when it's later, especially for people on consoles. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I'm playing this on my PS5. You know, if I put any significant time into it, you know, how much am I going to want to start over with the new uh, PS5 version? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, yeah. Even if the save transfer is over, I would probably be more likely to just start over mm-hmm. at a certain point. Maybe try one of the other paths you can like, start on. I mean, when the game works, you know, well, it's fun. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, like I ended up doing the same thing. I was like, you know, screw it. I'll go out and start again because the game's good, you know, when it yeah. works. well. So I'm fine with doing that. But yeah. Well, it's also like when I try to play like Fallout 3 or whatever, it's like, I forget what I was doing. I'll just start over again. Yeah, never get that far into the game because I'm just constantly <laughs> starting over again. Yeah, I was like, I have no idea what I was trying to do with this character at this point, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Same with Skyrim and all that. But yeah, that's kind of their apology, uh, first apology of 2021, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how many more they have to go before people are satisfied. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's start talking about uh, dates. We got some dates here. Hitman uh, Three is out this week. Uh, we also knew that there was a Switch version that is based uh, on the cloud. Uh, I assume like the same tech that Control was using. Uh, we finally got a date for that, and it'll be out same day as the other consoles and PC. Mm. Uh, so you can definitely check that out. I assume there'll be like a free trial like on Control, mm-hmm. which is good because Control's trial is not good. Mm. Because uh, it's like, hey, you can play five minutes. It's like five minutes of control is clearly maybe you'll get to shoot some enemies. Mm. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you know to book it. And it's like, you know, you have to start over every single time. But hey, man, you can probably get through some stuff. 
cause some chaos, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that'll be coming out on the Switch here pretty soon. I'm not sure what they're looking to charge for this yet. So I'm not gonna have a price or anything. Yeah, the eShop page doesn't have a even a date on it yet. So, but they've announced it on their uh, Twitter. Mm. That'll be out here at the same time. So, uh, let's see. Also coming out. Uh, on the Switch is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. Mm-hmm. It'll be out April 9th. Yeah. Uh, so if you're behind on the series, you got a few more months to play that, because this is not a game from what, I've, from what you guys have said is the one to jump in on. No, it is not. <laughs> You'll be like, who the hell are all these people? What is going on? Exactly. Uh, I think 3 is on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Right, Dan Reb? Uh, so you might yeah, be able three, to play three that. Was like, yeah, three was just released like a few months ago. Um, it's 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 weird because again, like one and two are only available on PS3 and PC at this point. Um, yeah, but like I I did see like uh, announcements that um, a whole bunch of the series is going to be re-released on Switch in Japan. So I don't know if that inspires confidence for America, but we'll see. Yeah, and releasing them out of order like this just causes issues for. People that uh, haven't checked them out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I said on the PS4 stuff, like it'd be nice if you guys had, you know, Trails in the Sky and that sort of stuff on PS4 as well. Mm-hmm. Like, make as much of the series available as you can, because uh, there's nothing really stopping them at this point. Just time and uh, uh, interest in that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're. They don't care about trails in the sky anymore. Uh, unless there's any new games that have yet to come over for that stuff. Yeah, the thing with that is um, Trails in the Sky is tied to Xseed, and Xseed doesn't really have the capability to put games on Switch right now. So mm-hmm. I don't really see that happening. Unless NIS America were to buy the rights, the problem is if they do that, they have to retranslate the game. And oh. translating uh, these uh, Trails games is uh, not fun. Yeah. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. That's uh, a new JRPG you can check out in a few months. Also coming out in a few months, as Nintendo kind of just weirdly announced on their Twitter, uh, Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. New Pokemon Snap, especially. A brand new Pokemon Snap, yep. Yeah, it's specifically called New Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't confuse it with Old Pokemon Snap. Exactly. Uh, that is coming out on April 30th. Mm. Uh, $60 just in case you needed a test of your loyalty to this new game. Because mm-hmm. uh, very much for me, I was like, uh, fuck no. Not for 60 bucks. Like, mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of the original, so I never even played it. So I was like, uh, 40 bucks, I might have given a shot. Mm-hmm. But 60 is like, all right, I have to see what's going on around then. If there's anything else I want to play first before I check that out. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what what there is to this game. Well, um, you know, I did uh did either one of you play the original Pokemon Snap back when it was on uh, yeah. um, Pokemon, uh Pokemon Snap was like my very first and if I remember my only blockbuster rental. And uh, yeah. it was really cool using that machine to go ahead and print stickers and stuff like that. So I mean oh, yeah. I mean like as 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 far as the price, you know, it's Nintendo. They're gonna press it at sixty no matter what. Um, yeah. And also, it's a Pokemon game, so that'll probably maintain its value for a while. 
Um, yeah. At the same time, though, even though the trailer doesn't show us much, um, I am looking forward to it. Like, um, as far as like the value compared to the old one, there's definitely going to be more Pokemon, so mm-hmm. that's great. I think as long as they have more than four levels, which is what the original one had, like, correct me if I'm wrong, then I th- I, th- I think it'll be all right. I mean, like, the main thing that uh, the main people that this will uh, attract are like new Pokemon fans and the ones that really enjoyed the hell out of the Snap, and there are a lot of people that fall into both both those categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This game could really benefit from like a Nintendo Direct that's just showing you the new, all the areas you can go to, mm-hmm. uh, the mechanics and all that. Uh, and hopefully it'll be more than just like a, a few hour game like the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a Direct would be nice, especially knowing that Pokemon, I mean, as, as a separate entity, is going pretty hard to uh, promote its 25th anniversary. And then you also have to look at the fact that it's also Zelda and Metroid's 35th anniversaries. Mm-hmm. So this is a really set up, setting up intended to be a monumental year. Um, I don't know whether they care, but, you know, with that backlog, they might as well. Mm. Yeah. And like looking through the, the article they have on their site here, and it doesn't really mention like how many Pokemon are in this, mm-hmm. how many areas, that kind of stuff. Uh, I just mentioned like the Neo ones, the... The vehicle you're riding around in that auto drives, so to explain why it's on rails, uh, that kind of stuff. I know the original had different kinds of items that could open up other areas mm-hmm. if you could figure out the puzzles uh, and secret Pokemon that you had to figure out how things worked, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like what this game is. Uh, compared to the original, of how expanded it is. So yeah, that's uh, that's gonna oh, be yeah. out here in a few months. So you got some time for that. Uh, what is not coming out anytime soon is mm-hmm. Ubisoft's Rider Riders Republic. Mm-hmm. I think that was supposed to come out here in let's see February twenty fifth. Yeah, uh, they said nope. Uh, did not even give a, a time, uh, a date, or anything. It just said. Uh, today, we want to let you know that we've made a decision to move our release to later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this additional time will allow our passionate team to deliver the best fun-fueled experience to our players. Mm. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, especially as a game that's like supposed to come out in about a month and still don't really know a ton about it. Mm. Yeah, Which probably I mean, explain why they haven't... why they're delaying it, because they probably haven't had... Uh, had it ready to show before a release. Yeah. Um, I really have n- nothing more than a passing interest in this title, but from what Ubisoft showed in their presentation, it did look rather enjoyable. Um, so, you know, when it, when it does come out, it's something I definitely want to try. Um, at yeah. the same time, like, you know, um, I'm going to go ahead and credit Ubisoft for just going ahead and just, you know, you know, coming out there and just saying, yeah, it's not ready yet. So uh, we'll wait until next year. And you know what? That's that, that that's completely fine. Rather than waiting for something that you know isn't isn't going to come, I'd rather just have them do that. Um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, like Ubisoft has done a lot of fantastic work over the past few months, uh, even with their uh, issues upstairs. But you know, it's a solid job so far. I'm looking forward to Prince of Persia. But if you were looking forward to this or any um, next gen release for that matter, that's where I'd be a little concerned. I mean, like the consoles launched in November. And I don't think we've really had a legit new release since. So that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one looks like... So I believe Ubisoft's delayed both of their February games. I think Far Cry 6 got pushed 
uh, as well as this one. So they had a nice little streak there of like releases coming out every month. Yeah, I think it's February is going to be the first one that breaks because I think we got Prince of Persia is pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to be like this month or next month. I think it was moved to April or something. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, they kind of uh, punted on the early twenty twenty one releases. Yeah. Then again, Prince of Persia wasn't the next ten game either. So. Mm-hmm. No, but it would have been a nice thing to have. Totally, especially because uh, what is it? Uh, there's something that came out this week. The uh, I forget, but there's a big like, re-release that came out this week that uh, people are interested that's in. Pilgrim? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So it's been uh, good to kind of ride on that wave of uh, nostalgia stuff. Mm. But uh, hey, that happens. At least they're not uh, Warner Brothers having to delay Hogwarts Legacy until 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game was supposed to launch later this year and decided to push it to next year. Yeah, this one kind of hurts. Um, I was looking really forward to this game. It was probably like my favorite trailer out of everything that was shown during that event. And despite the fact and even though it was like um, it was leaked like years ago and like we were always wondering when this would show up and it finally did. And um, yeah, it sucks to see it delayed. Um, I know that uh, it, it's hard to really talk about this game without talking about the shit that uh, J.K. Rowling has people going through. But at the same time, you know, I, I still have a lot of respect for that world. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's not going to be involved in the video game. But hope she isn't. Yeah. But it's the result of her creations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the she's always matter. tied to it. It's, it's tough. To, it's tough to really uh, gauge all that. But yeah, that's uh, that the game is no longer coming out this year, so have to wait a bit longer for uh, a potential good Harry Potter game. Yeah, although WB does have their hands full this year, assuming they actually get the releases out. Yeah, but yeah, speaking of uh, games getting dates and such, uh, Sony had a, a CES event earlier this week. Uh, I think all of that stuff is online. Like pre, uh, pre-recorded little stage things. Sony had mm-hmm. one, and I think uh, uh, they had a little nothing really announced there. Just talking about the the good momentum they've got with the PlayStation Five, and showed off a montage of some of the games that are coming out for it, mm-hmm. and that gave us a little bit of a hint at uh, release dates and such. Uh, no real specifics here outside of Returnal, which we already knew was coming out March nineteenth. Yep. Uh, but did have some years and months uh, for some of these games. There's Ratchet Clank Rift Apart, just 2021. Horizon Forbidden West, 2021. Pragmata is 2023, which I think before it was 2022. Yeah. So that one's a little bit delayed. That's the, the Capcom sci-fi uh, adventure game. Mm-hmm. So who knows what it was when it got announced, and it'll be a little while longer before we find out uh, even then. Uh, let's see, Solar Ash. That's June 2021. So I think mm-hmm. it's the new game from... Oh, I forget who that dev is. I think it's the, the Hyperlight Drifter guys. Uh, so that is... Yeah. Uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits has a March 2021 uh, time frame there. So that'll be nice. That one got mm-hmm. delayed from, I think, like a December release or launch release. Uh, so if that's not too far away, that, that'll be pretty nice. There's Stray, which is that cat game. 
that we saw a little bit yeah. of that is uh, October 2021. Ghostwire Tokyo right. is October 2021 as well. Little Devil Inside is July 2021, and Project Athea is January 2022. Mm. As that Square Enix game that no, don't really know too much about it, so nope. <laughs> uh, got a little bit of a better idea of when some of these games are coming out. Still a bunch of them coming out this year, so that'll be uh, nice to see. And don't even really mention stuff like Gran Turismo and some of that other stuff mm. that we knew about. So. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, like, uh, I don't see it on our docket, but um, the, the Resident Evil event is going to happen soon. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a release date for that and maybe one that's even soon. So, who knows? Yeah, I would imagine that'll be uh, a big thing for that. Like, it, up right now, is they put up, like, a code that you can get, like, the, uh, there's, like, a witch in there that's, like, weirdly tall. You get, like, uh, an avatar of her. Yeah, that she's. For whatever reason, that particular character is the one that everybody's that sort of caught on. Um, the horny people, like, you mean? Part of yeah, the, part of the internet. Yeah, They're she's like, like oh, step on me, woman. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, she's like this weird vampire lady, and I think from her um, her design, she's supposed to be inspired by that um, that old Japanese urban legend about the tall woman. You know, the one in the sundress and the sun hat. I think that's kind of supposed to be where her character is inspired by. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be a weird game, just seeing a Resident Evil that does not have any sort of zombies or anything in it, where it's more, like, medieval, monster-focused kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean... Werewolves uh, and that kind of stuff. Up seven didn't really have much zombie stuff either. Yeah, but it had kind of the the mansion to explore kind of feel oh, to yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and a lot of that kind of stuff that kind of looked a lot more like the original Resident Evil, where you're kind of finding keys and such to unlock other parts of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, Nintendo uh, realizing that uh, the Super Mario 3D World. Plus Bowser's Fury remaster is coming out here in a few weeks. Uh, that they should actually reveal what the Bowser's Fury part of it looks like. And though it's not completely clear what it is, it looks like uh, a pretty neat little like extra game thing. That from what it looked like, it looked like a one of the worlds from Odyssey, but with yeah. a giant mm-hmm. uh, like anime Bowser. They had flames yeah. and such. Like, uh, tell me if this. I saw people like likening it to like a Dark Souls boss, but I was like, it looks more like Neo, kind of. Uh, where he's got the yeah. flames and all that. And yeah. at a certain kinda point, Mario. Me, uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me actually of uh, when you go against uh, Bowser Jr. at the very end of Yoshi's Island when he grows like super giant and everything. Yeah. Though from the start, also, here, he's love, like uh, that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just really wondering what kind of gameplay nuances it'll introduce. So when I watched the trailer, I mean, you guys already know how I feel about Super Mario 3D World. Like, it, it was my game of the year when it first came out. I believe that game is a masterclass in linear uh, 3D um, platformer design. 
Um, and then Odyssey, again, is in a class of its own along with Super Mario Galaxy. And it seems like the Bowser's Fury um, addition to it really gives the um, 3D world more of a more of an open world feel, kind of like Odyssey, as, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then the main the main thing that I saw is that you have Bowser following you, or a little um, baby Bowser, uh, or Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr. Yeah. Like, uh, following you around and adding his little... Um, uh, little power is like he he brought back like the, the paintbrush from super mario uh sunshine to like add portals to the wall so i don't know like what kind of uh emphasis that adds and then at the very yeah. end like what you mentioned like the, the when mario goes like super saiyan kaiju um i'm wondering how like that'll that'll change things because like as you know i mean i'm i'm, I'm not that big a fan of uh, mech controls so if it kind of turns out like that i'll be a bit turned off but i'm sure nintendo will find a way to make it more interesting we'll see yeah, that whole show off reminded me of late Naruto Shippuden, mm-hmm. where you got Naruto in his Nine Tails form taking on, you know, some other big dude like mm-hmm. that, where it's just like these two giant behemoths, like ridiculous anime shit, basically. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which is nice of Mario to finally recognize anime mm-hmm. as the <laughs> ultimate influence. Yeah. I'm just, re- I'm just really hoping that the Bowser's theory really feels like. Um, a totally new experience because, like, yeah, Super Mario 3D World, like, we know that's great. It's going to be great, but I really hope Bowser's Theory really does something to make the sixty dollars price tag worth it. Yeah, mm. yeah. The All only right. real downside of this whole trailer is like, okay, what? How does this work? Mm. What is <laughs> this thing? What do we expect out of it? Other than like, because it basically does look like another. Odyssey World, like it's an expansion of that more so than 3D World. And there's run, there, there's really like uh, nothing wrong with that. And I just hope it's it's not too short. Yeah, but it's just like mm-hmm. the way that levels work in Super Mario 3D World is very different from Odyssey. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, Super Mario 3D World was was linear, whereas Odyssey was definitely more open. Yeah, it had like mm-hmm. an isometric perspective to it too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, at least. Made me a lot more interested in this remaster than I was before. Uh, so I'll be yeah. curious to see if they detail that anymore. There's not even like an article on Nintendo.com like explaining anything about this. So that's kind of as much as they're doing there. Uh, so I'm curious if it's because it's there's not that much to it, or if it's more than it looks, and they just kind of want to keep that a secret. It's possible. It's tough to say. I mean, like Nintendo in the post-pandemic or or, uh, during pandemic era has been a little weird with their uh, directs and like mini videos and whatnot. I mean, like when I look back at um, Paper Mario, for example, like when when they first showed the reveal trailer, like everyone was pretty psyched out about um, the fact that they were possibly going back into the RPG elements again. And then they find out that the battle system has no progression system and later. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo uh, went ahead and did the same thing. Maybe to have a direct, or not, not a direct, but a um, some sort of online event the week before it's released to talk a little bit more about it. But you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Like this is definitely an embargo. I look forward to uh, hearing about from um, other uh, other sites because, like, obviously Bowser's Fury will be a huge selling point, and I just hope it doesn't like you know suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, something we'll have to f- figure out in a few weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty short. Yeah, the, the game's out next um, month, so it's, yeah. something's, something's coming soon. But yeah, let's see. If you have gotten your 
uh, stimulus check and you got money to burn on extravagant things you probably don't need. There's Arcade One Up. They just announced <laughs> a bunch of cabinets here. Uh, let's see. There's an X-Men arcade cabinet with the classic original game, uh, as well as Captain America and the Avengers and the Avengers in Galactic Storm as well. Uh, so you get that and has online support. Uh, let's see. There is Dragon's Lair cabinet. All right. Uh, includes Dragon's Lair to Time Warp and Space Ace. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and if you're more of a Space Ace fan, they have a variant that is the Space Ace uh, design on it for the cabinet. Uh, Rare has a cabinet here for Killer Instinct games. Uh, you get Killer Instinct, Killer Instinct 2, Battletoads, the arcade version, and Battletoads in Double Dragon. Hmm. Uh, also has Wi-Fi play for co-op and multiplayer. Uh, let's see, there's the Atari Legacy Edition. <clears throat> that includes 12 games. Let's see, Asteroid, Centipede, Major Havoc, Missile Command, Eka R, Crystal Castles, Tempest, Millipede, Gravitar, Liberator, Asteroids Deluxe and Space Duel. So there's, a, there's another like Street Fighter cabinet, but it's called the Capcom Legacy Edition mm. uh, arcade cabinet. It gives you Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 World Warrior, Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Street Fighter 2, The New Challengers, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Darkstalkers, Strider, Commando, Final Fight, Ghosts and Goblins, and 1944. Mm. Well... Let's see, there's also the Bandai Namco Legacy Edition cabinets. That includes Pac-Man, Pac-Land, Pac-Man Plus, Super Pac-Man, Pac-N-Pal, Pac-Mania, Galaxian, mm-hmm. Galaga, Dig Dug, Dig Dug 2, Mappy and Rompers. You want to know no Miss Pac-Man? That's because that is, uh, the rest of that is owned by, what is the other company? I forget. But, uh, let's see. There's also the Pong four-player pub table. It's more of a sit-down cabinet mm-hmm. that has Pong Quadra Pong, Pong Doubles, Warlords, Pong Sports, Circus Atari, Tempest, and Super Breakout. And yeah, that's kind of the the cabinets they announced here. Bunch of bunch of them. Yeah, uh, for people that have a lot of money to spend on this stuff. I'm I'm a none, I'm not the clientele for this, but like um, I know a bunch of people. Uh, especially during the pandemic, who have built their own like mini arcades, uh, primarily composed of the uh, arcade one things, um, especially for Black Friday, because a lot of them were discounted heavily, and like it, it got even to the point where even even I almost wanted one. But again, you know, you gotta have the space for it and things like that. And I'm I'm glad they're doing well because like seeing people create their own mini arcades is pretty cool, and you know you're 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 playing it in like it's it, it's most natural setup. So that's yeah that's a great thing then again like you know again it, it, it's really all about having that expendable income and um as someone who um at my office when whenever i were i'm allowed to go to the office we do have a tree to make it into an arcade and you know that gives us access to uh everything i mean like i said like the, the novelty is definitely something really cool to see am i a part of it no but you know it's 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 definitely a nice way to see people's appreciation for the yes series yep. of gaming Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is their new games they're coming out with. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we're going to go back a little bit to Hitman 3, the PC version that is an Epic Games Store exclusive. Yep. They talked about uh, a while back that they were going to allow people to uh, kind of transfer or like 
have some sort of connection to their Steam accounts to acknowledge that they owned Hitman 1 and 2 and unlock those stages for use in Hitman 3, uh, mm-hmm. since there's uh, a lot of people that already own it on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it came out recently that that wasn't going to be ready f- at launch uh, mm-hmm. for that, so people were very much like, oh, they're forcing you to buy it again, that kind of thing. So they came out and said, uh, hey, we are continuing to work on a solution on that. Epic even uh, subtweeted it, basically, like, yeah, we're working with IO and their partners to get this fixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tweet IO put out to follow up on this sort of news saying that we are continuing to work on a solution with our partners to allow PC players who own Hitman 1 or 2 to import locations from those games into Hitman 3 at no additional cost. We guarantee that players will not need to repurchase the games. So we roll that out in the coming weeks. The Hitman 1 Game of the Year Access Pass will be free to own for all PC players who pre-purchase or purchase Hitman 3 in the first 10 days after release. It's kind of like shoring up that uh, a little bit uh, to make it a little bit easier for people that uh, purchase it here in the launch window, which is definitely nice of them to do. Uh, I have it on console, so that's no real worries about uh, having access to that stuff. So, But, uh, okay, here the next few stories we have here are updates coming out for games. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is getting a classic mode. Uh, as well as the Kingdom crossover uh, stuff that they already did in the the Kingdoms games. Uh, The games that Teresa plays a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is their getting that stuff back. So the the classic mode uh, kind of puts the game in more of a 8-bit style thing. Not the graphics, but the the UI and the the way the levels are set up. That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are like discrete levels. All that kind of stuff to them so you will be able to play like more classic Castlevania style NES style uh, stages versus just the big open mm-hmm. world kind of thing uh, see what else is there yeah upon finishing classic mode players are great on time score number of deaths across three difficulty modes uh, you can also activate classic mode from the extra modes option Oh, you can activate that from the extra modes option on the main menu screen. Uh, yeah, the crossover stuff with uh, the Kingdom games. Let's see. A new area that captures the beautiful modern pixel art aesthetic of Kingdom Two Crowns. You get a new boss, new familiar shard, and a new piece of equipment, the crown head gear, which reduces damage at the cost of gold. So yeah, that's some new stuff you're getting there for all the consoles okay. and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh so I believe that should be out now. Mm. Uh, let's see. Next one here. Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Oh, Got boy. some new characters, including <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Of uh, course, because it's a Sega property. Yeah, they never really did that for the first game. So I was a bit surprised it took them until now to do that. Mm-hmm. Along with that, they added a boss raid mode. So you can team up with four players. Uh, to work together to beat boss characters with skill battle rules to earn experience points and item cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some new item cards, uh, avatars for the in-game stuff, and background music for each of the new characters they're adding. So, 
Yeah, that there, is... there, there really isn't that much to say about it. I mean, we're talking about characters in a puzzle game, so I mean, there, there's there's yeah. not much to say here. But um, I do I do enjoy Puyo Puyo Tetris too. Um, it's just like the first one, so it pretty much just, just replaces it. Nothing really new about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of the characters has like their own. They're tied to either Tetris or Puyo Puyo, which Sonic is Puyo Puyo because that is the Sega part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. That game is on sale on the Switch right now for thirty bucks, I think. I assume we'll be going on sale on the other consoles soon uh, as well. So let's see. Axiom Verge is getting its first major update since launch. Uh, weirdly, six years later. Uh, yeah, as uh, Tom Hap notes on his blog here, I turned all my focus to Axiom Verge two after finishing uh, the first game, putting on the finishing touches for that, and we'll be taking talking about it more soon, but this post is not about that. It's about Axiom Verge 1's first ever free content update, which is a randomizer mode. Mm. Uh, if you've seen like some of the, the fan-made modes they do for like la- uh, Link to the Past, that kind of stuff, where it uh, randomizes the items uh, from all the, the heart containers and all that kind of stuff to the main weapons mm. that you know challenges you, how to challenges your ability to kind of play when you're not getting the sword the first time, most likely, uh, where mm-hmm. you normally get it and all those other items, which I think sometimes can lead to games that might be hard to beat, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But he mentions here that it is in beta right now for the Steam and Epic Game Store version, versions mm-hmm. of those games, so you can go into Steam and you know, say you want to play the beta version. I think Epic Game Store just has a a separate beta version that you can play. Mm-hmm. But it randomized the items you get as you progress through the game, but in a more sophisticated way. Uh, it's smart to know that certain areas you need weapons with certain characteristics to the progress. Mm-hmm. So it knows, like, oh, the first one you get is a gun of some sort, so they can shoot there. And so it won't give you, like, a weapon that doesn't have that there. Uh, to, or not put a health node there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that's actually useless and will... Just basically end the game right there. Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff. So the randomizer gives you any old weapon. You might be blocked from progressing any further. So it needs to know, give you a weapon that can handle that function. Doesn't necessarily need to give you the the kilver, which I think is that starting gun you get. Uh, there are other weapons in games that can go through barriers. Doesn't even necessarily need to give you the weapon in that same location. Which I think it already had a bit of a randomization to where items were. But I think like the core weapons you would find in the same places. Uh, so, yeah, it adds like a new randomizer mode that I assume will be. Yeah, it has seeds to it, so you can pass those around specifically for those uh, modes. It has beginner progression, which is uh, let's see, review of beating the game ideally multiple times and have explored the map very thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Beginner mode assumes that you will be playing through the game in much the same way anyone would progress through it. Uh, he says that's the mode he plays. Advance assumes that you'll play through the game the way a speedrunner familiar with uh, exploiting certain glitches may go through it. There are ways to skip entire grapple hook area, for example, if you know how. So it can accommodate that route in masochist mode. Mm-hmm. It's similar to advanced mode, except that it assumes you'll be doing a low percent speedrun. Mm. As of right now, there are exactly four people in the world able to play this mode. If you don't know that you're one of them, you're probably not. This progression mode is 
included primarily because the aforementioned people who developed this mode include those masochists in question. Mm. So it seems like a pretty cool mode to add to this game, especially right before the next one comes out. Mm. But yeah, that is uh, uh, pretty cool. They He doesn't have a date yet, but if you have yeah. the, the game on those uh, PC versions, you can mm-hmm. check it out now if you want. Uh, it'll be out on consoles at some point this year, I assume. Mm. I assume it'll probably be in a few months. Probably not too far off. Mm. But yeah, that's something that's uh, pretty cool. It's coming to Axiom Verge. And the next one here is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Got a, a big update here that adds basically uh, better support for 60 FPS modes on uh, the new consoles. Yeah. As well as maybe increased uh, dynamic resolution mm-hmm. and post-processing and all that stuff. So make it more uh, of a better game, better looking game, better running game on the new consoles. Yeah. This so is yeah, definitely pretty cool. I, I, st- I stopped playing the game because uh, it was a little too hard for me and I'm a scrub, but the main reason why I stopped because of that was because whenever I died, it took too long to respawn. So um, I haven't played it on next gen, but assuming that these changes made it load faster and stuff like that, maybe I'll hop back in. Yeah, it should load a bit faster because that's just inherent with the new consoles. Yeah, they mentioned here, let's see, Series S has their frame rate lock increased to 60 FPS mm-hmm. from 45. I think these are for the... So they had performance in like a resolution mode. Yeah. Uh, I think these might be for the, the resolution mode. Mm-hmm. The performance mode just unlocked it. So up until now, you could just use that to get 60 FPS, but I think this is unlocking better resolutions for that mode mm-hmm. and better frame rates for the, for the, the resolution mode. Yeah, for yeah, they mentioned here Xbox Series X normal mode post processing has been increased to 4K dynamic resolution in the range from 1512p to 2160p. Uh, the performance mode increased to 60 FPS uh, resolution dynamic, dynamic resolution added in the range of 1080p to 1440p. And PS5 has some similar ones there. Mm. So yeah, that is uh, how they disabled dynamic resolution the game is rendering at 1200p up from 810 to 1080p that's weird yeah. a lot of weird little resolutions here but it should look better should run better on all the new consoles uh barring them you know doing a full upgrade mm-hmm. but i assume at this point they're going to work on a sequel because that game did really well oh yeah they should do a sequel because the game was pretty good yep <laughs> And uh, related to this, Disney finally unveiled Lucasfilm Games, which is the sort of licensing holder for all of Lucasfilm properties, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I assume all the the stuff that Tim Schafer worked on as well. Yeah. Uh, Despite them kind of largely porting and remastering all those games at this point. Yeah. But yeah, they announced their their existence. So yeah, Lucasfilm Games, not Lucas Art, like the the old publisher. But uh first up that announced their new game, Bethesda and uh Machine Games working on a new Indiana Jones title. Executive produced mm-hmm. by Todd Howard. Uh let's see, it'll be some time before we have more to reveal. We're excited to share today's news, so seems like that's gonna I think both of these two, these first two stories are basically like 
yeah, we just got you know the deal signed recently. Now we can tell you, and peace out. It'll be a few years. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, machine games is an interesting choice. Obviously, they've made anti-Nazi games, so there's a theme there. But it's like, is this yeah, going to be a first-person game? Yeah, like that. that that's that, that's my main concern. Um, I'm, I'm just not that big a fan of first person games and with the yeah. Indiana Jones license, you know, with him running away from the boulder and things like that, like, uh, especially with, with the, um, advent of games like Uncharted and Tomb Raider, which pretty much are Indiana Jones. Um, you really, you'd really expect this to be maybe Xbox's answer to Nathan Drake and things like that. But with oh. machine games and their focus on first person and granted, we haven't seen anything yet, but I don't know. And then the other thing is, um, as awesome as Indiana Jones is, especially to people you know of our age, um, I don't think he really matters to like um, young younger folk just because you know there hasn't really been a good movie um, as of late. And like you know, I'll, I'll ask a lot of kids if they've seen Indiana Jones, and I'm, I'm sure their answer will be no. So I'm thinking that they're going to wait for the release of the next couple movies because there are some in the pipeline before these even get talked about again. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking at their Machine Guns site, and they were f- made out of former founding members of Starbreeze Studios, which was which made first-person games. Mm-hmm. I assume this has to be in third person because that you'd be able to show off, you know, the actual Indiana Jones stuff, like the like Tomb Raider and Uncharted have been doing mm-hmm. uh, with that stuff. And the other thing is, like, okay, I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford's not going to be doing any voicing for this. Because one, he doesn't Bruh. give a shit. Yeah. He's in that grumpy old man stage where he just doesn't give a shit. Unless yeah. you're promising too, him like a shit too, ton of money. Yeah, he's too rich and stoned to really give a shit. So. Yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a video of an interview of him just saying, I don't care for every answer he provides. It's, it's great. Is there <laughs> somebody asking him about being a force ghost in Rise <laughs> of Skywalker? And he's like, I have no f- clue not, what no force clue. ghost is, and I don't give a and shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like okay sure i mean yeah you don't care as long as you get the money he doesn't ask questions anymore and it's Mm -hmm. like i assume they're not going to do an old indiana jones game either so Mm they'll have to find somebody that sounds like him can do that voice sort of like when they did the back to the future adventure games with telltale that they found again a guy that could do the marty mcfly voice Mm -hmm. and they did so yeah, that'll be a ways off. Uh, also a ways off, Ubisoft announced that they are working on an open-world Star Wars game. And that's as much as we know. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's the massive entertainment but... team that made the yeah. division. That's yeah. That's all we know. The possibilities are endless. I mean, we can have like four podcasts talking about that. So that, that, that's all I'll yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, I am interested to see like how they're going to... Uh, sort of use the open world formula in the Star Wars universe. It can either work really well or it can be a complete shit show. Um, yeah. Because it's like, is it confined to one planet? Yeah, is it confined oh, to one yeah. planet? Will we be able to traverse space? You know, will there be X Wing stuff? Yeah. It's like they have a game that kind of has a template for this kind of thing, uh, which was the Starlink games. Yeah. Which were open world in terms of you being able to explore different planets. Yeah. Uh, that was particularly just vehicular uh, yeah. combat. 
and has a very like uh, addictive game loop too. Like, yeah. <laughs> For so all we know, Starlink might even from there. Star Wars. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as, as as far as the open world format goes, yeah. And in, in, as far as Ubisoft, it's I think it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just have to hope it's not. Uh, the Ubisoft that you know likes to put tons of microtransactions in their games. Uh, you never know. I mean, the, the the biggest Star Wars license right now is uh, Galaxy of Heroes, and that's a moneymaker. So. Oh yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's also going to be a ways off because they basically are just starting work on this. Yeah, they're going to use their Snowdrop engine, and they're still hiring for various key parts of it. I think writer, especially. The head writer, so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's less towers to climb and more actual yeah. interesting stuff mm. uh, and more finished game. Ubisoft, uh, nothing like what you've done to some of your other games, your open world games. Mm-hmm. It's not quite finished, but yeah, that could be interesting to see. And just to quell that. The, the anger that people have for EA, EA confirmed that they're still working on Star Wars stuff. Mm. This doesn't really change their agreement uh, too much. Just, you know, Lucasfilm is open to partnering with anybody that can make something interesting because they probably realize, like, tying their tying everything to one publisher is not the best mm-hmm. way to get a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah, Disney yeah. is essentially doing to uh, Lucasfilm what they did to Marvel. I mean, like, you know, you have Spider-Man on the PS4. You have uh, um, you have that one Switch game, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You know, you have uh, Avengers multi-platform. Like, it really just makes more sense to license the IP out to various developers to you know work on their own stuff. And at the at, at the same time, you'll have different um, kind of eyes and different different kinds of games. So it's really good, yeah. especially especially with an with an IP such as Star Wars that almost in a way defines gaming. Cause like, you know, no matter how good or bad a star Wars game is, it always ends up being something that people really look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm also glad EA is still doing their stuff. I mean, like, like, like you guys said, like um, Jedi fallen order was, was, was really good. Uh, and squadrons was a game that de- definitely has, has a lot of promise and battlefront two is good now. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. they suck. It's just that the, the whole priority sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And EA put out a tweet basically yeah, we're still working on Star Wars stuff. They ended it with like BD One, still the cutest, mm. uh, which is a little droid you have in Jedi Fallen Order. So I assume they're still working on a sequel there. Uh, be interesting to see what else they've got in the works because, uh, like, maybe a Battlefront Three. I don't know, but it seems like they're probably better off writing Battlefront Two for a little while longer mm-hmm. before working on a sequel because uh, they s- still keep adding stuff to that. Yeah. Uh, Semi-off topic, but knowing what they're doing with um, Marvel and Lucasfilm, uh, I do hope that we see some sort of revival of uh, Disney Interactive. That would be nice. Uh, I don't know about that. As far as like a direct publishing thing? Uh, Maybe not a direct publishing thing, but you know, giving other developers um, the rights to various uh, franchises and IP and whatnot. Yeah. Seems like Disney themselves is more interested in the mobile space. Yeah. Where you can get right at the kids mm-hmm. uh, and directly get uh, money out of them and their parents. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to get any direct Disney or Pixar kind of games mm-hmm. out of 
out of them, like they're doing with Star Wars and Marvel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that was kind of the big nerd news this week. It's like, oh, there might be more Star Wars and Indiana Jones games. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like it hasn't been for the last thirty years. Uh, let's get to something really stupid here. Nintendo uh, hadn't been doing anything bad in a while, so they decided, hey, let's uh, start making copyright claims on YouTube videos about Game & Watch hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly in this one user, Stack Smashing, who has posted some videos, some of which just showing you know other games running on the system, because it doesn't really have any onboard storage mm-hmm. that you could do like a bunch of games on it. It's kind of just like you can uh, back up the OS that's on the uh, the system, just in case you fuck something up. Uh, mm-hmm. It swapped the, the Super Mario Brothers ROM in there with other games. Mm. Uh, I think it has one that has some like tips for hacking it. But I think the other stuff, largely the video, the, the claims are about the gameplay video. Uh, mm-hmm. More so than the hacking stuff from what they have here. Which is, again, like a weird thing. Like, it's the Legend of Zelda or Pokemon mm-hmm. or whatever. It's There's tons of videos on that. It's really stupid to be getting this nitpicky because somebody's found this device that's already closed off because there's no internet access on it. Mm-hmm. No way to expand the storage. No way to really do anything that harms them. Just making the product more appealing to people that uh, like to mess around with stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially stuff yeah. like this that I is have, very limited in scope for what it can do. I have two of these and um, never even opened them yet. So I don't even like know how it feels and whatnot. I don't even know how to charge it. So the fact that people are hacking it is kind of surprising. But then again, like you said, like there is there is no way to profit off of this unless people are buying like multiples and trying to sell like one each but then again this is also a limited item so i don't really see that happening and they're gonna, they're gonna stop but yeah, yeah it's 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 dumb and in, in case you're all wondering yes doom runs on it yeah somebody's already done that uh so yeah it's like i get their stance against hacking and all this but for this kind of device it's not anything that really affects them mm. they still get their 50 bucks or whatever it costs for this thing they sell their units, people use them and enjoy them in the various ways they do. Because mm. I can't imagine people are going to keep playing it, you know, a ton just to play Super Mario Brothers. I think 2 was on it. Uh, it's not a game you're going to play for hundreds of hours. So it either gets used for like a couple hours and people are like, ah, whatever, it goes to the drawer and never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. You know, Nintendo's going to do what they can to make sure you not feel too good about their products uh, for too long. Mm. Let's end here on a fun little story. Joseph Ferris, uh, one of the more popular figures in the industry, Mm -hmm. mainly because he uh, has no filter, Mm -hmm. uh, is prone to cursing and just saying whatever the fuck is on his mind. And so he was doing a little interview at IGN talking about the their upcoming game, It Takes Two. Mm. Uh, the platformer that's coming out on the current consoles, not the the new ones that just came out. As he says here, but to be honest with you, they came in so late in our production. Of course, it's going to look better on PS5 and Xbox Series X, but we really don't 
we really didn't have the time to adjust them and make the PS5 version special or the Xbox blah blah whatever they call the Xbox series. Mm-hmm. And then he just continues going off here. That's a fucking confusing name. What the fuck's going on with Microsoft? They're losing it, man. What the fuck is going on? Like Series X, X uh, Series S, X, Max, Next. I mean, who knows this? Come on, madness. Call it the Microsoft box, and that's it. I don't know. It's a total fucking mess. Trust me, even them. They're confused in their offices. What is this XS? I don't know. What the fuck? Mm. Yeah, he's not wrong about the the absurdity of the names for these devices, but people have moved on largely at this point, and he's just getting a chance to let it out. So yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's really a polarizing figure, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Complaining about important important topics like uh, the title of the Xbox consoles. <laughs> uh, but hey, that game will still come out on whatever you have, whether it's a PlayStation or Xbox. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, That's I mean, the like, thing we're, working at a dev publisher myself, like it's really funny hearing uh, some of the random tirades that are uh, that are like you know our our senior leaders and like senior staff talk about like like behind closed doors. Like it's it, it's it, it's a total like nutcase a lot, um, a lot of the time, but at the same time, it really makes it even more enjoyable. And he's he's not really doing any harm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, no. but yeah, that is uh, that is it for this week. Uh. Yeah, it's only been what three weeks into this year. And yeah, it already feels like an eternity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, last week's show was like less than an hour, and like this week we had all sorts of news, and I see no reason for that uh, to really slow down, especially as the releases start to happen. So, yeah, the nice already. thing is that we kind of don't really know what's coming out this year. Yep, uh, and the stuff we do have vague yep. dates because. Nobody wants to commit to any specific dates unless they're 100% sure exactly. they can hit them. Like, so, uh, for those of you that follow yeah. the site, like, we normally do our most anticipated games of the year, but one of the reasons why I chose not to is because we have no wide fucking idea what's coming out. So, it'd be hard to yeah, especially nope. for the new not consoles. Mm-hmm. I think Microsoft put a article on their uh, Xbox wires, like, here are the games coming exclusively to Xbox in 2021. And one of the games they put on there, Psychonauts 2. Which is not exclusive at all. Uh, like they mentioned, okay, this one's not technically a console exclusive, but it's launching into Xbox Game Pass, so uh, we could miss out on including it. It's like, uh, okay, just say here's Game Pass games coming exclusively to Xbox or something. Uh, I don't know, but it's like the only I mean, major like, game that's on here from Microsoft is Halo Infinite. There's a uh, bunch of indie stuff and some smaller stuff. You also put the Yakuza Remaster Collection, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. You know, those games that are exclusive to Xbox. <laughs> they also say these ones are technically exclusive, but it's the first time these games are coming to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, so we're pretty excited. It's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is the point of this list when you're putting multi-platform games on here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because you've got nothing else to add, and you're like, oh, we want to highlight stuff, because this is still technically an ad as an article. Yeah. Like, who knows? I mean, like, all no just lie, like 2021 like, on them. They don't have dates on them, except for the yeah. couple that do. If I were to curate like a most anticipated list, um, they would all just be games that were mentioned in this very podcast, like East yeah. Nine and Mario 3D World, top of my list, and it takes two. Like you know, there, yeah. there, there's really not much to say about what's coming out soon, and when they do come out, we will. So yeah, uh-huh. that's about it. 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's it. We'll have some more stuff to talk about as I don't know. We who knows what's going on with these conventions because still we're not anywhere close to people being able to congregate in places until maybe this fall. Nope. Especially to travel even across the other countries. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun when they figure out like what to do for GDC and uh, E3 and all that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our ability to find out news is primarily still going to be, hey, we put a trailer up on our YouTube channel. Here's a tweet announcing a date, because Nintendo even did that. That's That was the Pokemon Snap thing. Yep. Was, hey, it's got a date. Mm-hmm. We didn't make a video for this. So, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. Give us your 60 bucks for this nostalgia game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you to Dan Rubin Brandon for joining us this week. We'll be back here next week, and uh, we'll see everybody then. See you guys later.